Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. With the NFL playoffs right around the corner and the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all of the up to second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get into the action and see all of the updated odds. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. This is Believe Me right here on Stadium Cam Rogers coming at you. I'm alongside sports betting analyst Casey Hudson and one of the legendary handicappers in history, Brandon Lang. We are breaking down the divisional round in the NFL. And then later, time permitting, we'll talk about some odds for the next head coach, potentially for the Cowboys and potentially for the Eagles. We'll have a conversation about that later. Hello, everybody. Casey, how are you? We'll start with you. I'm doing good. It was a wild weekend, that's for sure. I learned my lesson against betting against my team, but I'd rather be wrong any day of the week. Brandon, hats off to you. And uh, seeing the Eagles for who they truly were. Brandon, great weekend for you, sir. Well, it's funny. We do the show and tape it on Tuesday or Wednesday. And so we give out picks on Tuesday or Wednesday. And then I think I gave out Cleveland on Tuesday or Wednesday. And then as the week progressed, I looked at the game closer the defensive numbers of the Browns defense on the road, they were averaging 32 a game. And I got on Houston big on Saturday at BrandonLang.com. Sunday, the Rams hung in there, should have won the game outright. How there was no holding penalty called on the third and 14 is mind blowing to me. Clearly the Jersey was held no call. Once again, officials factoring in to a critical situation that probably cost the Rams the outright win. And then Monday night with Tampa Bay. So it was a massive, massive uh, weekend at BrandonLang.com, which is huge. Cause, uh, Getting off to a 3-0 wildcard weekend on, on the website is very, very, very important. So uh, as easy as the games kind of felt to me to get on the right side last week, other than the Buffalo KC game, which we'll talk about, these other games, the the, the Ravens and Texans and Ram uh, Niners and um, Green Bay, and then the other one over in the AFC with uh, – um, why am I drawing a blank? It's uh, – Bills Chiefs. Bills Chiefs and then Ravens and – yeah, so it's – it's it's tight lines, tight lines. So it'll be interesting to break these down. Well, very interesting here because we have two games with spreads approaching 10, one approaching seven. So very interesting to see that in the divisional round. Let's get to it. Texans and Ravens to kick off the weekend. And Casey, my Ravens, all right? I know them well playing in the opening weekend, especially when they are the number one overall seed and they lose to the Titans and Ryan Tannehill. So here we go. They're laying nine against C.J. Stroud. Mark Andrews potentially coming back here for Baltimore. Big number, though. What's the move here? 
Yeah, I don't love the swing of this number after seeing Texans defense show up as well as they did versus the Browns. Now, of course, you don't expect Joe Flacco to throw as many picks as he did, and you don't expect Pick City to completely take off, but I do not want to underestimate how they'll build off of that confident performance. I see this being a much, much closer game. Something that I did notice is how much play action the Texans did so efficiently and so effectively, and the Ravens' defense is very groomed against this, hence their ability to play against a 49ers team that jams that down your throat. But because of this, I think we're looking at a much closer game. I love what C.J. Stroud has done. I want to root for the Texans here. Ravens, you know, great against the spread record. But the thing that stands out to me most is that they're one and three against the spread when they are seven point favorites or more. Don't like the spread here. Going to go with the under yet again, under 44 total. Feel a lot about that. You want to check out some money line options. Ravens first half money line. I like that. Yeah, and you know what, Brandon, if you extrapolate even further, Lamar Jackson as a dog, or excuse me, as a favorite of more than seven, like in his last 20 games, it's not a good record. No, they met week one, and that was Stroud's first start of the year. And although the Ravens won the game 25-9, Houston moved the football on them. It wasn't as big a disparity in the final score as people would be led to believe. So mm -hmm. for me, when you do what Houston did, against the number one defense in the NFL. And granted, the Browns' numbers on the road were skewed defensively than they were at home. I get that. But that performance and the command that he had with the offense, only four incomplete passes for the game. I just don't know if you can turn away from the underdog here. I just don't. I just think they're a, they're a team playing with a lot of confidence. And even in garbage time, you could get a backdoor touchdown on that nine number. So my lean here is on riding the red-hot Texans plus the nine. Um, I went against them when they played Indianapolis. Last game of the year, they got me. I was with them last week in the blowout. I'm going to jump on the nine here. Yeah, I'm with the nine. I like the under as well. I'll take both of those plays in that game. By the way, the number maybe 24 hours ago was nine and a half for the Ravens, <laughs> so maybe some sharp money coming in early in this week. Okay, let's talk about the Packers and the 49ers. Brandon, all right, here we go. Like, I was all over Dallas, minus seven a week ago, and, <laughs> my God, Mike McCarthy needs to go. Dak, I don't understand what happened there. The Packers, yes, they were fantastic on offense, but the defense still gave up a lot of yards, especially yards per play. So 49ers laying nine and a half in San Francisco. What are you doing here? As embarrassing a performance in the playoffs I've seen, in my 30 years of handicapping game. Yeah. They came out lethargic. They came out with no energy. The third and four to CD Lamb on the first possession, just a, a hair off. Um, Dak just did what Dak does in the playoffs. And so it's very easy to put the cart in front of the horse and say Green Bay is just going to carry that over against the Niners. And I'm an underdog guy. I get it. And they're begging you to take Green Bay off that performance that they just had. Tampa Bay went into Green Bay and Baker Mayfield had a perfect quarterback rating. And that struggling Tampa Bay offense beat them 34-20. I think it was more of Dallas just being overrated all year long than what Green Bay did. I give Jordan Love a ton of credit. I give Matt LaFleur a, a shit ton of credit for the game plan and attacking. But at the end of the day, I think the whole world's going to jump on Green Bay here. And I just get this sneaky suspicion 
that the Niners are going to win by 10 points or more. This is a whole different beast. The scheme of what the Niners do is differently. The Niners D-line at home differently. The Niners can stop the run with, with once you take play action away from Jordan Love. Now it's a whole different ball game. As good as Green Bay looked last week, it's very easy to jump on them this week. I just think from an excellent X's and O's and matchup standpoint, I think everything favors the Niners here. And I think they make a statement and they cover that nine and a half. Yeah, I think Vegas, Casey, really is begging you to take the Packers. Remember when the Cowboys were three-point dogs? They went into San Francisco and got blown out. Now we're talking about nine and a half here. Yeah, I couldn't agree with Brandon more. I don't want to take away from what the Packers did, but the Cowboys defense stayed in the locker room and just entirely did not show up for this matchup. So I'm not going to weigh too heavily in what the Packers had a chance to do because the Cowboys team beat themselves in most aspects of the game. You're talking about an offense now that's first in passing efficiency, third in rush efficiency, and has so much versatility when it comes to play calling. You have no idea what's going to come out of the pocket. One of the top offensive lines in the league that should not look anywhere like the Cowboys Packers game. I'm laying the nine and a half here on this one for the Niners for sure. Yeah, something to note about the Packers here in terms of their defense, 20th in opponent yards per play, 23rd in opponent EPA per play. So maybe some shock value is coming for that defense after they played decently well against the Cowboys. We're on the 49ers minus the nine and a half. All right, let's go to Tampa Bay and Detroit. Which, by the way, Green Bay was the first number seven seed ever to win a playoff game Mm. since the format. So yep. to think that that seven seed now is going to carry over on the road against the one seed, I think is fool's gold. I meant to, meant to add that too. By the way, historically too, San Francisco has dominated the Packers, you know, the Aaron Rodgers years and all that. Something to think about yeah. there. Tampa well, Bay. Yeah, hold on. Now that you said that, I didn't know this, but after Green Bay beat Dallas, I didn't know that they're 5-0 and against Dallas in Dallas. And I think they beat Correct. Dallas 11 in a row. I mean, it was like some crazy stat that after the game, you're like going, how did we not just bet Green Bay? I mean, right. just like <laughs> craziness in the NFL continues. And speaking of which, the Eagles got dominated, Casey, by Tampa Bay. And my goodness, that defense was horrible. Now Tampa Bay goes on the road as six and a half point dogs battling the Detroit Lions, who, by the way, got outplayed on a yards per play basis against the Rams here. So something to monitor there. But you know, something tells me the Bucks can make this ugly and cover that number, Casey. Oh, yeah. See, the first thing that comes to mind when I look at this and how both games played out this previous weekend is the fact that the Lions, they staled a little bit in the second half of their game. They were forced to play a lot more defense. Their management kind of shifted, whereas the Bucks have kind of proven themselves to be a second-half team. So you're going against a Bucks team that you cannot count out unless you've blown them out by the third quarter. Um, and that's something that they're being consistent in. Another kind of confidence booster, Baker Mayfield, the team is buying into him. And the Lions have let up about the same amount of passing yards as the Eagles. So you're going to be looking at a similar attack here from the Buccaneers, probably not keying in on Mike Evans, but getting Chris Godwin more involved. Kate Otten minus the drops is there to go to and stretch out the middle, which they need a lot of help in the middle. But if they come in with the same game plan, we're looking at a much, much better competitive game. So I kind of like the Bucks a lot to lean into this puck six and a half on the road. And on the road, they're eight and one. This team is not bailed out or dropped their game plan when they're on the road. At home, it's kind of been a different story. So I really like the team to finally take it. I'm eating crow after last weekend. So I'm all in on the Bucks on this one. 
Yeah, really tempting here, Brandon. By the way, we talked about it before the show, but the Rams played really well, well enough to win. They averaged 7.7 yards per play on offense. Yeah, the Rams are kicking themselves in the ass because they should have won that game outright. As good a play caller as Sean McVay is, to come away 0-3 in the red zone was just Hmm. abysmal. Absolutely abysmal. First and goal at the five, you throw three times. Why not run once to get second and goal at the two or second and goal at the three? Three straight passes on that first possession. And I turned to people I was watching the game with and said, that is going to come back to haunt them somewhere down the road. First and goal, five or in, and you settle for a field goal in a playoff game, it's going to bite you. Even with that being said, the hold on the third and 14 late in the game, that sets them up for probably a winning field goal if they can get the defensive stop afterwards. So all that being said, Detroit did not look good in the second half. But still, offensively, these two met week week four, week five, I understand, week eight, week seven, because I had Tampa there. plus three at home in that game. And Baker had plays to be made and just did not make them. Detroit won the game 20 to seven, I believe. And um, there was a third and 13 from the 22 where Detroit scored a touchdown on. And then the other Detroit touchdown kind of came on a fluke play. So the game was much closer than what you would be led to believe. I tend to lead towards the dog, but my play is I think Tampa's offense looked good last week. And I think they've developed offensively. I go back to the 34 they scored on Green Bay on the road. And as as, as Kay said, they they literally um, play much better on the road. I'm going to go over the posted total. I think both these teams are going to score. I think we're going to be in for a, a shootout. And I, I'm going to go over the post to total. I think Baker's going to have a day, but I think Goff's going to have a day against that Tampa two where Hertz had guys open. He mm-hmm. just missed them. He felt the blitz. And if you blitz Goff and you man up on the outside, Brown and Reynolds, they're going to get open. I'm going to go over the post to total. All right. I'm going to go with Casey on this one. I really like that six and a half number. You know, there's something juicy about this matchup here with the Lions offense in the red zone, number two in the NFL, the Bucks defense in the red zone, third in the NFL. So I think the game will be won there, but I do think Tampa Bay muddies up this matchup here. I do think the Lions went outright, though. Okay. <laughs> Cam, I will say this really quickly. Yeah. There was a couple... Spin the one. Last time these two teams met each other, the Lions and the Bucks, there was a couple key secondary players that were not in anti-offensive or defensive linemen that were banged up as well. So you're also looking at a defensive shift in the package that they're going to get. And of course, probably run blitz heavy again, for the most part. So yeah, you're going to have different guys that are going to be prepared. And sometimes matchups in the early going of a year don't necessarily matter much when you do the rematch in the playoffs, right? Things change, injuries, all that good stuff. All right, let's get to the game of the week. Chiefs, Bills, and Brandon's going to kick us off with this one. Patrick (laughs) Mahomes goes on the road to battle the Bills in the playoffs for the first time. The Bills are laying two and a half, Brandon. Nice cheap number there. What are you doing? They should never have lost the game that they lost with 22 seconds to go because Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott are bozos. Let's just give Tyreek Hill 20 yards cushion to run straight down the field. So I had Buffalo in that game. I'm still pissed about it. You literally could have just taken all five defensive backs and as soon as the ball was snapped, just grab the receivers, five-yard penalty, snap it again, five-yard penalty. Snap it again, five-yard penalty. Snap it again, five-yard penalty. Game's over. Game's over. 
just game's over. So Leslie, Frazier, Leslie Frazier's gone now. <laughs> Good riddance. I hope he's running some car wash in South Central Los Angeles. So that being said, they beat him in the regular season. I had can't I had Buffalo in that game with the offsides, the lateral, the whatever. I had Buffalo in that game. I've been begging for years for Kansas City to have to go on the road and Mr. Let's bundle. Let's bundle. I'm I'm MV bundle bundle bundle. Go on the road and win a playoff game. Because guess what? It's not gonna happen. Then we I can hear that whiny little bitch whine about something, but he's got to go on the road. Buffalo has waited for this. I've waited for this. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. Who's going to guard that wall? You, Lieutenant Weinberg. You, Lieutenant McCaffrey. Buffalo Bills, minus two and a half. Send the Chiefs and Kelsey and Taylor Swift and all that bullshit that comes with that fat coach who hadn't missed a meal since Christ came back 2,000 years ago. Buffalo, minus two and a half. Andy Reid eats himself into a food coma and play right back and goes to the hospital. Bills, baby. Bills. Well, closed captioning is going to have their work cut out for them with all this colorful language here. Uh, Casey, Brandon going with the Bills. Are you with them? I'm with him. I don't really know what I could add to that aside from the fact that I haven't been on the Chiefs um, uh, train at all this season. They've been one of the most inconsistent teams aside from their defense showing up here and there. But I'm not going to give credit to a team that beat up on a, a banged up Dolphins team. And I want to say, what, they only put up 26 points. And I know you're thinking only 26, but still, they had their top defensive players out of contention. And offensively, they were too banged up to even try to produce. Uh, I love Josh Allen in this position when he's healthy and taking care of the ball. He is so lethal. He's so fun to watch. Of course, one of the top props to take is probably the rushing yards for both of these QBs, but I'm laying the minus two and a half for the Bills on this one. Something to consider here about last week and Buffalo. The defense gave up 324 yards to the Steelers. So there were some gashes there on that defensive side with Pittsburgh having success. So something to monitor there. Brandon, you mentioned Taylor Swift. Casey, where do you stand on Taylor Swift getting the coverage in these NFL games? Because something tells me she doesn't want it, but then you have people complaining on the internet anyway. Yeah, I mean, look, here's the hard part. Whether she wants it or she doesn't want it, it's the people directing the cameras that have to, like, cease and desist at this point. You know, like, no other girlfriend in the league is getting a complete walk-up OOTD every single time they show up to a game. And aside from giving credit to you know, Kirsten for making such a bomb jacket. I don't need to see Taylor Swift arrive every single game. And I'm not a Swifty hater. I just don't need to see it. I don't need to see her dancing in the box. I don't need to see any of it. And I feel like a lot of that has just taken away from the enjoyment of watching the Chiefs. And especially if you're not a Taylor Swift fan, my God, what a turnoff that is to consistently have to see what is Taylor up to. She's watching her boyfriend play football. Let's just right. leave it at that. So I'm over the Swifty coverage. I'm over the walk-ups. And she's could be a celebrity to other people but she's not the person that just like gets me completely out of character. So I'm overseeing it. Yeah. If that golden globes host and that joke was any indication, I don't think Taylor wants the attention, Brandon. What say you about all this? We have the time. So I'm stretching this out a bit. <laughs> she loves the attention. She welcomes the attention. It's why she's going to the games. She knows the camera is on her. She is a superstar. All superstars love the attention. 
Hence the reason why she decided to date an NFL player to steal the attention. She has also turned this guy's hands into bricks because he has more drops this year than any year he's played in the NFL. He also fumbled in the Eagles game at the five-yard line to cost Chiefs a win there. So, yes, she is all about the attention. Uh, my girlfriend says, if I see Taylor Swift one more time, I'm boycotting watching the Kansas City Chiefs. I said, <laughs> well, have to wait, and we turn the game off. So there we go. That's I think a lot of people feel like that. Yeah, <laughs> I think a lot of people feel that way. It's just too All right, much. guys. We'll talk more Taylor as the uh, season goes on, maybe, potentially. But I do no, want to touch so, upon... <laughs> so we're after Sunday, bro. So okay. there you go. That's true. That's true. All right. <laughs> The Dallas Cowboys, we talked about them earlier, guys. Right now, Mike McCarthy is still the head coach of this team, Casey, but it's hard to ignore that performance a week ago. We've got odds for the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys if McCarthy is fired, and Bill Belichick is the favorite at minus 175, Bobby Slowick at plus 550, so Big gap there. He's the OC for the Texans. Mike Vrabel at six to one. Jim Harbaugh plus six fifty. Dan Quinn eight to one. First of all, Casey, does McCarthy get fired? And then if so, who's the head coach? Yeah, I think McCarthy is about to get uh, sent to the door here. We've seen how quickly the Cowboys don't want to take responsibility even higher up for their decision. So it comes down to the head coach being on the chopping block consistently. you got a lot of great coaches um, that are in search of their next position right now. Uh, Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick. I'll never go against what he has done in his years in the league. But as for him being um, the right coach for the Cowboys, I'm not sure I'm like leaning towards it too much. Um, I saw what it's like to have a guy, Tom Brady, come out of his system, apply that system elder to different caliber players. When the Bucks had to learn no huddle and a lot of other things, it kind of took away from the strong suits and the skill sets of the players all on that roster. So I'm not sure that I see Bill Belichick taking that no huddle um, system that he loves to run, applying that to the Cowboys. you got young guys out there. I don't know how he really feels about mobile quarterbacks, and I don't know how much that's going to help his system and how he's going to move things along. And Cowboys want to turn around, so he also doesn't have much wiggle room to get these players on board. I kind of like Rebel a lot here. Uh, player that played, he's got the respect of the players, and we're kind of being a trend in coaching these days. When players want to play for you and you've got that player protection aspect to your coaching – these guys tend to just show off in a whole different manner. So I don't love the system that Belichick would pull in over here. Um, not much play action either. And I think that the versatility that the Cowboys play with right now, a little bit of everything, they're going to want to maintain that. I like verbal too, because you're going to see a lot more tight end action. And mm. one of the best games I saw the Cowboys and the Bucks play against one another, they ran a lot of two tight end sets and we were in for a great game. So I think that they can just kind of lean elsewhere here. So I'm going to go the plus, what is verbal? um plus six 600 here and yeah. yeah i'm gonna take the six to one on this i love his attitude as a head coach as well what do you think brandon minus 175 the book is showing for bill belichick to be the head coach of the cowboys is he a fit bill belichick wants to get to don shula's record and have a chance to win a super bowl without tom brady there's only one team out there that's looking for a head coach that has all the pieces and is ready to win now it's the Dallas Cowboys. Bill Parcells went there, got along with Jerry Jones. Belichick can go there and do the same. If he wants to win now, which he has to, because he wants to break Shula, the Cowboys are ready to win now. They just are. They just don't have the right coach. That's my answer. Great answer. So you think you know, Dak I like stays? Logic. Oh. What's that? 
<laughs> I said, do you think Dak stays? I think Bill Belichick turns Dak into a, into a winning quarterback. Yes, I do. I don't think the offensive system right now fits Dak. I think he's going to, he's going to change everything for the good because something has to change. So there you go. Mm -hmm. There you have it. Folks, this has been Believe Me right here on Stadium TV. Cam Rogers coming at you for Casey Hudson and Brandon Lang. Best of luck to your bets this weekend. Enjoy the football. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.